Good morning and welcome to Five Alive. It's another beautiful day here in Mahali Chandigar, Punjab. And today we are going to be reading in the scriptures about Jesus. He is going to be giving us a couple of parables here. And they are really the same parable, if you will. And they have to do with sheep. They have to do with a shepherd. They have to do with a gatekeeper. And they have to do with an enemy or enemies. And as a result of that, we're I want to get to it here in a second. But I just want to kind of... Uh, talk about what I have witnessed when I've seen people caring for sheep and shepherds. And I've had the privilege here in Mahali to see a couple of shepherds while I've been out on cycling trips with Xavier and Addison, or even just when we've been out driving through the roads, we've seen shepherds with their staff walking in front of a big herd of sheep. We have, um, we have witnessed shepherds uh, tried to gather sheep to get them over to get some water one time. And I can remember that as the shepherd was trying to get the sheep to the water, some of them just kept wanting to wander to the left, to the right. They wanted to turn back and go the other direction. They were just kind of scattering everywhere. And uh, the shepherd had to use his staff in order to hit them and get them to move the other direction, move towards the water. Uh, he picked up a couple of stones and he would hurl them in their direction, sometimes hitting them, sometimes just to scare them enough to get them to go back towards the water because the shepherd saw what was important for the sheep. And that's what he wanted to bring them to is a life abundantly or a fuller life. And that's kind of the crux of what we're talking today is Jesus as the good shepherd desires for us to have full life or an abundant life. In the description of the parable today, we have a, a, few, a few characters. So we'll look through what those characters are. First of all, we have sheep. Now, sheep here are God's people. We have the shepherd. The shepherd in this instance is Jesus. We have thieves and robbers mentioned, and these are the enemy. Now, the enemy is not just an enemy to the sheep. The, the enemy is also an enemy to the shepherd because he doesn't want the shepherds to be successful and therefore he's coming in to try and take the sheep. Then you also have strangers uh, or a stranger and these can be false shepherds. Um, and so with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and read John chapter 10 verses 1 through 11. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger will they, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd set, lays down his life for the sheep. This is the reading of God's word. So in the first part, we have a description here of the sheep. And I just want to go through the fact that historically, as Christians, we have been known to be sheep. We have 
taken this from this parable that we are sheep or we are like sheep. And so here's a few things that we definitely have in common with sheep. And you guys can go ahead and jump in with any extra things that I may miss, which is we're stubborn and thick-headed. We as a people can be very stubborn. We can be very set in our ways, just like a sheep can be. A sheep can think that the shepherd doesn't know what is best for him. So they will turn and they will wander a different direction when the shepherd is trying to get them to go, like I said earlier, towards water or towards lush green grass. He's trying to take care of them. Uh, maybe they get a thorn stuck in their foot and he needs to get that out. And yet the sheep wants to run away because, oh, I'm hurt. So therefore I scatter. You see how there's a translation between that and what we do sometimes? Another thing that I see is that they're not smart enough to eat what is proper. They need the shepherd, sheep need the shepherd to lead them towards the food and the water. We are easily frightened, just like sheep. We're easily frightened, we're easily startled, we're easily scared. We run away even when we are being protected and well-fed. Sometimes what we do in the church, specifically as Christians or as believers, we, think, we start thinking people are out to harm us or to hurt us, and so we immediately get frightened of them, get scared of what's going on, and even though Christ is feeding us and protecting us and sheltering us, we go our own direction because we think we know what is right for us, just like the sheep do. Sheep need to be sheared. They have to have that wool taken off of them so that that way they can continue to bend their neck down and eat of the grass to get to the water. Uh, I've seen pictures before of sheep that have gone off and wandered off and gotten lost and their wool gets so thick and so big that when the shepherd actually finds, sometimes they die because they can't get to the food. And when the shepherd finds a sheep that has wandered away for a long period of time and their wool has gotten very big and fluffy, they can't bend their head down to eat anymore. So it's important that they have somebody to come along and to shear them, just like it's important for us to have Jesus come and remove the ugly out of our lives. Um, we need a helper. We need somebody to take care of us. We need somebody to assist us. And so that is how we are like sheep. Are there any other characteristics that you guys see that sheep have that we also have? Sheep listen to one voice. Sheep listen to one voice. And how does that, how do we portray doing that very same thing? Depends on who we follow or what we follow. Um, there can be so many other side distractions that come into play. Um, let's just say a simple haircut. You know, we, we can go on to YouTube or we can uh, follow a, a TV person that we may like. And man, I want that haircut. And then we can go in and sit down at the, the salon or the barber and say, I want this haircut. Then that barber may say, no, that's not a good fit for you. But this style is a good fit for you. So do we listen to the barber or do we still, you know, no, really, I really want that haircut. I think that haircut will look really good on me. So there, and then when we get the haircut, then we listen to the voices of those around us. Man, that's a really nice haircut, or that isn't a nice haircut, or you may come away from it and look in the mirror going, I do not like this haircut. Why I should have listened to the barber. Why, isn't, why wasn't the barber more um, steadfast in his approach and just cut the way that they wanted to cut it? Mm. And then therefore we end up blaming someone else for what we wanted. 
Um, but that one voice, following after that one voice, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's who we want to listen to. It's who we choose who we're listening to. Sure, absolutely. Any, any other comments or, or statements on uh, how we are like sheep? We need a leader. We can't make it on our own. And even then, as sheep, like the sheep need a shepherd, but not only that, sheep also need other sheep around because then they're not going to thrive and survive. We don't need to be loners and go out by ourselves as sheep because even those sheep that do run away and get stuck and their wool gets overgrown is that, yes, that wool may look huge and luscious, but on the inside, that sheep is about to die because they are so malnutritioned haven't had enough water or anything that they're you can see their bones but you couldn't tell that from the outside of this huge fluffy sheep because even though we may think we look good on the outside our insides may be awful and deteriorating and we need someone to help and come protect us and come alongside of us and guide us to where we need to go where we need to eat and where we need to sleep and where we need to drink and animal behavior is isn't it, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it a part of the protective nature of sheep to pack together with other sheep so that that way when an enemy does come, they're more protected because they're herded together in a cluster, right? Yes. And so therefore, that is another way that they're, they protect each other is by joining together in a unified body, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So next we have enemies that are mentioned by Jesus in this parable. He describes them as thieves and robbers. These are identified by the way that they enter into or sneak into our lives. They don't want the best for us. They're only looking out for themselves. They want to destroy the sheep. They want to destroy the shepherd. And sometimes they want to steal the sheep just for their own ego. They say that they want their flock to be more larger than uh, the, their opponent. And in this case, that's Jesus. Jesus is the shepherd. And so it's the enemy that comes in and he's trying to take the flock away from Jesus so that that way his flock is larger because his pride has overcome him in such a sense that he's trying to rise above God, not making himself equal with God, but making himself superior to God. And that's what enemies really do. Do you see any other characteristics or any other traits that thieves and robbers... Now, we're not just talking about people here. We're talking about thieves and robbers. We're talking about the enemy. We're talking about the devil or Satan himself. Any comments? All right. Next, we have the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper is like an under-shepherd. The under-shepherd is somebody who works in sync with the shepherd himself. This is one of his people that work with him. Uh, he moves the heavy stone or the, opens the door or opens the gate in order to allow proper access for the shepherd to come in and to go out, as well as for the sheep to come in and to go out. He also, as a part of his duty, stands guard at that gate in order to make sure that Enemies don't come through the gate that way because the person that comes through the gate is the person who owns the flock. Next is the shepherd. And as I mentioned earlier, this is Jesus. He leads the sheep to water, to lush ground. He leads by going in front. 
He cares, uh, he cares for the sheep. He shears them. He helps nurse the sick ones. When the babies uh, are birthed, he helps make sure that the birth takes place. He also makes sure that the babies, uh, the baby uh, lambs eat of the mother's milk. He keeps the herd together. And yes, that means that he does strike the sheep, as I mentioned earlier. And he, but overall, it's his desire, it's his plan to keep them on the right pathway. He gives the sheep names. We see that in what Xavier had read for us earlier because it says, and he knows each sheep by its name. So in other words, he knows the temperament of his sheep. He knows the reaction of his sheep. He knows the heart of his sheep. That's how important the role of the shepherd is. So in the description of the first five verses, Jesus is trying to convey to the people who the shepherd is, who the sheep are, who the enemy is. And he's revealing attributes and characteristics of himself. He's revealing our heart ambitions and our heart's desires. And he's bringing them out in a way that is conveyant upon us to look to him as the good shepherd. And so we ask ourselves these questions. What does this say about who Jesus is? What character traits do we learn about who Jesus is from this parable? What do we learn about ourselves through this parable? And what would a thief wish to do when he removes us from our original fold? And then another question we would ask ourselves is, why do we wander off or get lost in the first place? And Jesus sees the people struggling with this. And as a good communicator, uh, in verse six, he sa it says that the people aren't really understanding what he's saying. So he brings clarification by starting in verse six, I mean, verse seven, saying, I am the door. Now to enter into a room, a building, an office, a theater, a home, and yes, even eternal life, also known as heaven, we have to enter through a door. This is Jesus proclaiming himself uh, equality with God, saying that he has the right to allow entrance into heaven, the right to allow eternal life to the sheep, to his people. He also has the right to deny entrance or rule to those who do not belong in his kingdom. And so Jesus is pointing out that he is a judge here. He is a ruler. He is the one that is the door. And he's not going against himself, calling himself the shepherd in the first five verses. He's just bringing more significance to the attribute of who he is by describing himself as the door or as judgment. C.S. Lewis wrote in his book on the Psalms that Jewish people see God as a judgment or Christocentric judgment as a way to bring God's people into glory and bring vengeance upon their enemies. And so they're looking to the Messiah to rescue them from Rome. They're looking to Messiah to make them all rulers and kings and princes and to rule the land. And that's the way they see judgment, which is a correct way of seeing it. It's the same way today we can see judgment. However, modern Christians see judgment as Jesus removing our sins, paying the price for us, and granting us eternal life. Both of these definitions of judgment are true, and both of them need to be taken into consideration when we're talking about Christ. Just as Christ is the shepherd, he is also the door. The door is the only way in. Therefore, Jesus again points out that there's only one way for creation to be redeemed, and that is by Christ, who is the door. 
Christ saying he is the door, what does that, how does that stand out to you? What does that mean that truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep? One way in, one way out. One way in, one way out? There's no other way to come in. Because if you come in over the gate, then you're a thief. And if you want to be, um, what is it? If you want to come in the right way, there's only one way through the door. There's no shortcuts. You can't jump over the wall. Oh, there's no shortcuts, yeah. You can't go around it and try and find another way. You have to go through the door. Yeah. There's no other way into God's pasture. Right, absolutely. The eternal life or God's pasture. As the door, I've seen on some of these temporary, they're not really temporary, but they are temporary shelters for sheep that I've witnessed, like in Leiladoc, for instance. Uh, they've been built up with stones and they come to the level of almost five feet high. And so it's not a difficulty for somebody to jump over them or even to knock a couple of the stones. I mean, they're heavy stones, but uh, a true thief, he can knock down a part of the wall and steal the sheep. And Jesus is wanting us to recognize that as well. And that's why he talks in the next passage, next parts of this passage of scripture, when he's done talking about himself as the door, he says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so what I see as abundance for sheep is to have shelter to have food, to have water, to be sheared, to have protection and safety, to have an atmosphere to grow and to reproduce and to be cared for. Their wo the wounds of the sheep are cared for. The thorns that can get caught into their sides are cared for. The shepherd cares for the sheep and that is truly abundant life. And that's what Jesus is describing to us here. However, the sheep don't always recognize the wealth that they have in the shepherd, do they? And so what do the sheep do? They follow the thief. They try and run away. They take the shepherd for granted and do it on their own, thinking that they can make it on their own and nobody's going to stop me and tell me what to do because I'm a sheep and nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I can, I'm going to go out on my own and find my own food and listen to this other person who I don't know and see what happens. And that usually doesn't end well for the sheep. But the good shepherd goes and looks for us. Even though we don't want to be with him, he wants us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not that he's really chasing after us and he's just going to grab us and then take us back with him and force us to. He knows where we are. He's within the area, but he's not going to get you until you want him. Hmm. He's a gentleman in that fashion. He's a fashion. gentleman in that fashion, is that he knows you're lost, he knows exactly where you are and the trouble you have, but he's going to wait for you to call out to him in order for him to come and pick you up and yeah. take him, you with him. And some sheep are stolen, so yes, they don't exactly. Know. And some sheep are killed, right? and they don't know any. I mean, you, if that's done by the thief and the robber, can you parallel that? Mm -hmm. to a any kind of a situation i mean maybe you maybe one was sexually abused as a young child from a parent or or a friend your virginity was stolen from you right maybe someone came into your house and killed a loved one 
Mm. Or maybe a loved one just got terminally sick and died. That's a killed off. So once again, in that, who's standing, who are we allowing to come in the door? Um, and whom are we listening to in those moments of? Um, because there's a lot of what the world can speak into our lives. And there's a lot of research that we can do on our own when God is right there at our door. Mm. He's right there. Have we invited him in? Who's knocking at our door? Yeah, absolutely. So another part of this portion of scripture that we're looking at is, is that the thief desires to remove the abundant life opportunities for the sheep. Though we're not his only target, we're not his only goal. The enemy, we have to keep in mind, the enemy is also trying to attack the good shepherd. He's also trying to cause harm and defeat to the good shepherd. The thief is, or the enemy is, Satan himself or his ghoulish demons who are desirous to hurt the shepherd. And the best way to do that is by attacking the sheep. The enemy already had entrance, the devil already had entrance in heaven. He already had the opportunity and possession of redemption, but it wasn't what he was interested in. He's not interested in passing through the door. He is only interested in stealing, killing, and destroying God's kingdom and all of creation. And so we put that into a modern day context or we put that into our life today. We've got to be very careful with how we treat other people because we're not talking about people being the enemy here. We're talking about Satan himself. We're talking about demon, demonic activity itself coming and attacking us as abundant life Christians. They do this by numerous ways. They have lots of schemes and lots of opportunities to try and deceive us and even to try and deceive other sheep of our fold in hopes that they will take more people with them and wander out of the good shepherd's care. That is the desire of the enemy himself is to destroy God and elevate himself into that same position. And so what we do in our lives today is we evaluate where we're at in our own personal heart. We evaluate what the way others are treating us and we see who are we most like. Like Jesus was talking about a couple of chapters ago, you are the children of your father, Satan, or you are the children of your father, the devil, because you've been so heavily influenced by him that you do not react or live like I would you react and live like the devil would. And so therefore you have given into the enemy's camp and become a part of the enemy who is ultimately bent on destroying God our Father, creator of heaven and earth. Jesus is also the good shepherd. No matter what the enemy's attempts, Jesus willingly lays down his life for his sheep. He willingly says, I will sacrifice myself so that my sheep can have life and have it more abundantly. He doesn't lay his, the thief doesn't take his life from him. He doesn't come and kill him and remove him because the enemy is stronger. Jesus voluntarily lays down his life. Now, this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do and why he is the good shepherd is because he is going to give his life on the cross for the redemption of humanity and the judgment of this earth, he is then proving himself to be God incarnate, 100% man, 100% God, working on this earth 
so that that way we can have ultimate salvation, not by a ritual that we perform and not by a specific systematic following of rules and laws, but specifically the way we gain entrance into the kingdom of God, the specific way we receive the judgment of Christ so that that way we can have eternal life is through Jesus Christ alone. So what can we see about who Jesus is and his characteristics are in this passage of scripture? He's a father. He does what he says he will do. He's, he comes through the door. He's not sneaky. He doesn't have a sneak attack approach. <laughs> and it's, it's a relationship. It's personal. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's, he knows us all by name as the passage as, said as, yeah, it, he know he calls us by name and we know his voice. Um, so that shows a really tender, loving care approach of, of a shepherd. Mm. I mean, to, it, we're not, we're not numbered. He didn't number us. We're not a number. We're named. And that, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. I found it interesting when I was in lay, I would watch the, um, the shepherds in the morning, early in the morning. And it, even though it was August, it was snowing one day because of how cold it is up there. And um, I watched three different shepherds walk into the pen where the sheep were at. And they went to different parts of this rounded pen and they started calling their sheep by, by their names. And the sheep would go to them and they would go to their shepherd and then the shepherd would bring them around and lead them out the gate. And then the next one would do the same with his sheep. And then the next one would do with his sheep. And then they would start walking into the hills, walking towards one of them went towards a stream. One went towards grass and one went towards a rocky area. And they all went to their different areas, but their sheep followed them as they talked. But there wasn't crossover within the sheep. The shepherds got exactly who their sheep were and those sheep went with them when they went out the gate. And when they came back in, those shepherds were responsible to bring those same sheep back into the gate. This helps us recognize, or, and this is a tough one for us sometimes, this helps us recognize the fact that there are other sheep that are in the sheep pen that, are, that don't belong to Jesus. He brings this up in other parables where he says that the um, the farmer had wheat in the field and his enemy came along and sowed weeds amongst the field. And when the people, the stewards who worked the ground recognized that there were weeds there, they said, sir, should we go and dig them up? Should we take the weeds out? And he said, no, if you remove the weeds now, then you are going to destroy the crop. Instead, let them both grow together. And when the time comes of harvest, we will take the weeds and we will throw them into a fire and destroy it and the harvest we will gather. The same kind of thing is being spoken to us in this passage of scripture that we are in a sheep pen or we are in this world, but that doesn't mean everybody that's around us follows after Jesus. And so when we hear a stranger's voice, that doesn't mean we go into that direction. We go after the one whom is our shepherd and we follow after him and we seek after him and we desire the things that he desires because he is our shepherd. And when the stranger's voices come along, even if they're in the sheep pen that we reside in and sleep in and get bathed in and 
and all of those things, that doesn't mean that they're automatically a part of our flock. That just means that we mix and mingle with people of all different backgrounds, cultures, and even religions. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to our master or to our shepherd to follow after him. Are there any other thoughts about the attributes of who Christ is or his character traits in this passage of Scripture? Well, he's our protector yeah. this time. At all times, he's there to protect us from anything that comes after us. The thief, especially. But not only that, because in shepherding, there's also bears and lions and wolves and cougars and what mountain lions. Anything that's going to come after your sheep. And the shepherd is there to protect us from all of that. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then also, he's the provider, which has already been said in scripture. Jehovah Jireh. Yes, and he provides for us. He's the one who takes us and lies us down. Uh, takes us to still waters and lies us down. And I mean, whenever David wrote it in the psalm, it is literally describing everything that Jesus says he will do in this passage as well. Yes. Well, we have to be reminded of it constantly because if we are like sheep and we are dumb, we <laughs> forget, and we forget fast, and we easily forget what he's told us. And so that's why we have to maintain that simple but yet very profound thing of listening for the master's voice mm -hmm. and recognizing it. it. It sounds like such an easy thing to do, but yet it, we complicate it. We complicate listening to Jesus's voice. What do these scriptures say about the enemy of Jesus, Satan? What's revealed about him? He is a thief. He is a thief. His only desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. Yep. He can't lead us out. No, he can't. Christ Jesus is the one that leads us out. There's a way out. But the thief has to carry us out. Because stealing a sheep, you have to grab the sheep and then like throw it over the gate that you have with you, that you climbed over to steal the sheep in general. So, I mean, the thief can't lead us anywhere because he has to essentially throw us mm. and mishandle us just because he wants you as his sheep. Yeah, absolutely. Can we see our significance as sheep in this parable? Or do we see what significance we play? Like, are we even a significant part of this world? Do we matter? Yes. Yes. According to this, we all matter. Even the other sheep that are a part of this world that we have to intermingle with, they matter just as much as we do. Even though they're not of God's flock yet, they're just as important to him as he, we are to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important for us to recognize our significance in this story because when we do recognize our significance within the flock of God, within the kingdom of God, we see exactly what's portrayed for us in the future. I will always follow Jesus all the days. When I asked Jesus into my heart, I made a decision that I will follow him all the days of my life. That doesn't mean some days I won't go out the door. That means I always go out the door with him. But I don't go out the door when a stranger calls me. I do not go out. I don't want to be thrown over the side of the, uh, you know, I don't want a thief yeah. to come and steal me. And so therefore I need to cling more to those that are, my brothers and my sisters. Exactly. So there's a unification that's got to take place 
that we've got to really cling to each other. And so though Jesus is describing the importance of who he is, though he's warning us against who the enemy is, he's also showing us here our significance and our importance as sheep. So often people like to use this term, oh, you're just nothing, you're nothing but a dumb sheep, you know, within a a teasing type of, of atmosphere. But the reality is sheep are pretty smart as well. And we're pretty smart people. And we find ways to try and overthrow the shepherd ourselves. Yeah. Or we submit to him. Mm-hmm. And so in our submission, in our submission to each other, we are then able to live abundantly and to thrive. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add? Well, another thing about sheep is there's always a leader sheep. There's always that one sheep that is the head honcho. He's in charge of all of them. The alpha sheep. The alpha sheep, basically. And now we think about it alpha, like alpha dog, alpha and beta dog, whatever. But it also applies to sheep. Is There's the one ram who is in charge of everybody. He keeps everybody in line, everybody in track. Even though he follows the shepherd, he also is there. And those are supposed to be like our uh, leaders, our spiritual leaders, like pastors and stuff like that. Or just people we look up to are like the alpha sheep and they're supposed to help come alongside of us and help us follow after Christ. Yes. And uh, there are also other sheep that want, and once one goes astray, a bunch of other will go astray right. because they all want to follow that crowd. And that's what we as humans do as well is that we may come in and join this body of Christ, and but one of us may want to go another way. Mm. And other sheep see he's going that way so we must go that way because he must be know what he's thinking and so other sheep will follow him and that's whenever the good shepherd has to come alongside him and guide them back to follow after the after him and after the other sheep that are following him right and he helps guide us when we're out of line yeah absolutely even if that is the leadership the leadership can be out of line and so even though he's in charge of all the sheep he's still the good shepherd is the one overall in charge. Yeah, so say that real fast. Say that real fast. The the leader what? The leadership. The leadership. Leadership. Like leadership. leadership. Yeah. Our leadership may guide us the wrong leadership. way, but overall leader is the good shepherd, and he will take our leadership and guide them towards the direction they actually need to be going instead of leading all of us astray. Hmm. So many people in this world today think that if there is such thing as God, he has a hands-off approach of what's going on in the world today. Can we see that that's insignificantly not true through this passage of scripture? Because Jesus is actively leading us. And as you're saying, Xavier, about the alpha sheep or the lead sheep, we are sitting under pastors and ministers and people who are authoritarian in the kingdom of God. And we all together are following after the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that, and as you also pointed out, does that mean that the lead sheep don't sometimes get lost or off track and go astray? Well, of course they do. And that's when the Holy Spirit brings the good shepherd over and says, hey, they're they lost. And then he comes back and he guides us back into the whole flock again, mm-hmm. right? So it's not a judgment passing kind of a thing where we condemn people and go, oh, how stupid you were for following that false teacher or that bad leader. If the person proclaims Jesus as Lord and Savior, then they're not an antichrist. 
But if they start wandering from the path of which Jesus paved for them, they can be led astray. Mm -hmm. Even good leaders can be led astray. And so what we do is we constantly seek after who the good shepherd is and where he's at. And we constantly listen for his voice so that that way we can be led into greener pastures. This is a very interesting parable and it's got a lot more points to it. And we'll bring those up in the coming weeks, maybe even just next week, but we'll bring those up in the coming weeks. And so in preparation for next week, we're going to jump into John chapter 10, verses 12 through 21. But for today, just to kind of set things up, I wanted to talk about who the sheep are, who the shepherd is, what the scenario is that we're looking at in order to have a more full understanding of what Jesus is doing in our lives. Are there any other comments or statements that need to be made about this passage of scripture? I don't know how to explain it, but he's the peace provider. Like uh, you feel comfortability with the Christ, like he's our shepherd. As they were say, when thieves come, we feel like uncomfortability and he trying to attack us but Jesus when he's he's a shepherd when he was with us he feels so peaceful yeah. inside like and when he heard our voice like if we are in some trouble or something he comes and help us like through that like yeah. in that situation mm-hmm. absolutely Lord Jesus, I trust in you, and I believe you are the door by which my sins are forgiven. I believe you are the door by which my enemy and your enemy is defeated. I believe you are the door I must pass through to enter God's graciously given eternity. May I follow you. May I know your voice. Thank you for loving me so much that you've given me a name. Mallory, will you pray? Thank you, Jesus, for this day and for every single day, and that um, everybody will stay safe and wear masks and wash your hands, and that coronavirus will soon be over. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.